This past Sunday, we remembered both Joseph of Arimathea, who asked for the body of Christ, and the myrrh-bearing women, who went to the tomb early in the morning to anoint Jesus' body. Both these stories are a test of sorts. The real question is, did they pass the test, or did they fail miserably? In today's episode, we find out who walked the way and who didn't. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Welcome back to The Way. I'm your host, Father Dustin. This is the Sunday of the Myrrh-Bearing Women. Here's the Gospel. Let us be attentive. Joseph of Arimathea, a reputable member of the council who was himself eagerly awaiting God's kingdom, took his courage in both hands, went to Pilate, and requested the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. When he summoned the centurion, he asked whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned of the facts from the centurion, he conceded the corpse to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took it down, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb cut out of the rock. He rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was buried. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they could come and anoint Jesus. Then, very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb, just at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who's going to roll the stone away for us from the door of the tomb? Then, when they looked up, they saw that it had been rolled away. It was extremely large. So they went into the tomb, and there they saw a young man sitting on the right side. He was wearing white. They were totally astonished. Don't be astonished, he said to them. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who is crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, this is the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there, just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb. Trembling and panic had seized them. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Glory to you, O God, glory to you. That was Mark chapter 15, verses 43 through 47, as well as chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. As I mentioned in the introduction, this past Sunday, we remembered both Joseph of Arimathea, who asked for the body of Christ, but only received the corpse, and the myrrh-bearing women, who went to the tomb to anoint the body. Both these stories are a test, a test of faith, to be precise. Let's start with Joseph of Arimathea. But before I go too far, I should mention that I'm talking about how Joseph and the myrrh-bearing women function within the story, especially Mark's Gospel. I'm not talking about them as saints apart from the story. That is, I'm speaking functionally 
and not ontologically. Okay, onward we go. During his career, Jesus had told his disciples over and over again how he must be crucified, but on the third day he would rise. We heard these passages, including some from the Gospel of Mark, several times through all of Lent and Holy Week. We heard this so many times, how could we not know that Jesus was going to die and be resurrected on Easter Sunday? Of course, we have the advantage because we know the ending of the story. But, despite our advantage, we can bet that Joseph had also heard Jesus tell his disciples that he must die, but that he'll rise from the dead. We can expect this because Mark tells us that Joseph himself was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of heaven, and it is precisely the kingdom of heaven that Jesus had been preaching about. So Joseph would not have been a stranger to Jesus' teaching, both about his death and resurrection. After all, Jesus had been crystal clear, even if they didn't understand the why of it all. So if Joseph truly believed this, then why would he ask for Jesus' body? And why would he seal it in a tomb? What would be the point? After all, Jesus had said he would rise in three days. So it seems fruitless to take the time to bury Jesus' body. On a side note, I want to mention that most English translations let us down, yet again. Joseph asks for the body of Christ, but according to the Greek text, he only receives the corpse. Most English translations translate this corpse as body. You see, the word changes, which is probably supposed to alert us to the fact that the living body of our Lord cannot be contained in a tomb. And this brings me to my second surprise about this story. Not only is it strange that Joseph would take the time to bury a body that was supposed to come back to life in three days, but he seals it in a tomb. He doesn't just bury it, he seals it. It's almost as if he's making sure that Jesus couldn't go anywhere, that he couldn't rise from the dead. Functionally here, Joseph is the character who still doesn't get it. Despite Jesus telling us over and over again that he must die, but that he will rise, Joseph goes ahead and acts as if he doesn't believe it, as if he had never heard Jesus' teaching. Perhaps, instead of the noble Joseph, he should be called the obstinate Joseph. In short, Joseph's faith was lacking. He did not walk the way. In contrast to Joseph are the myrrh-bearing women. They responded to Jesus' death after Joseph had sealed his body in the tomb. And the women went to the tomb, even though they recognized their powerlessness to roll away the stone. They knew that they would be too weak and couldn't do it on their own. In fact, they were so worried about how they were going to get to Jesus' corpse, they discussed it as they walked to the tomb. Mark even records their conversation. Yet, despite the potential problem, they went anyway. In short, they had to trust in God. Trust 
that they'd be able to get to Jesus. And thank goodness they did, for when the women got to the tomb, they found that God had bestowed grace upon them. The stone had already been rolled away. And to the reader's surprise, nor did they encounter the stench of a dead corpse. In fact, there was no corpse at all. Instead, there was a young man who probably represents the evangelist Mark, proclaiming the gospel, Christ is risen. Their faith that they would encounter the living body of Jesus, despite its being sealed in a tomb, stands in Mark contrast to Joseph, who sealed Jesus in the tomb. In short, the myrrh-bearing women walked the way. Symbolically, the sealing of Jesus' corpse in the tomb and the myrrh-bearer's faith can represent a number of different things. In a commentary written by one of my seminary professors, Father Paul Tarazi, the sealed tomb and Joseph represent the Judean temple system in the first century. It had become corrupt. Instead of proclaiming God's mercy, the religious leaders of the temple sealed, if you will, God's instruction in the temple, preventing it from reaching people's ears. Instead of freeing the people, the temple system had enslaved them. Ultimately, the temple leaders wanted to do the same with Jesus. They wanted to seal him in and prevent the message of his resurrection from getting out. Just as they had shut up God's instruction, so too they were trying to shut up Jesus. In contrast to the temple system are the myrrh-bearing women who represent the early church. They break through the temple system to free God's instruction. They are the ones to witness God's power and are tasked with going out into the world to proclaim the good news. This is the task of the church. Both these images speak to us today. Have we, either personally or as a church, sealed Christ in a tomb like Joseph? Have we become so worried about protecting the church that we fail to see the freedom that the gospel has to offer people? Are we so worried about tradition that we've begun to enslave people to the walls of a dead building? Or are we like the myrrh-bearing women, proceeding in faith to find the living body of our Lord? Despite a stone that may be too big for us to move, are we still willing to walk the way and be freed? Here is our chance to demonstrate our faith and to proclaim the same message that was given to those women 2,000 years ago. Until next time, keep walking the way and God bless.